This morning, uh, you're right, Tongai. Why are you the last one to leave the stage? Because you've got to get a guitar. Carney just carries a flute and doesn't have to do anything. Glad you don't play the drums. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> hey, this morning, it's just special. And I really felt a, a while back, we were just thinking about Sunday morning. One of the things that uh, makes you a mum and makes you a dad is you got children. That's right. Good guess. <laughs> it's the only thing that happens. That's how you become that. Uh, and uh, I thought it'd be really great because we've got some incredibly, really cool, uh, anointed, equipped young people in our church. I call them young because they're younger than me uh, in our church. But they're not just young people in our church. They're sons and daughters of the house. And there's a big difference between, you know, yourself. There's a big difference from the kid down the street to your son or your daughter. And so we honor these uh, ones today that uh, I've just selected in a random sort of, uh, so to speak, order to come up and share with you. And then Pastor Jane's going to just wrap it up at the end as a reflection of Mother's Day. And uh, so I'm excited about that. Are you excited about that? They're not perfect, but the good news is they're our children. And you know what inspires us as parents? inspires us our race has been worth running because the next generation have got hold of what was in our hearts. And today, you know, maybe your children aren't in church or not here or physically not in the nation today, but you can cheer them on. You can cheer somebody on in the call. Now, they're not weak and desperate and lives are falling apart, I trust. Well, some of them might be. No, <laughs> no, they're good young people. And I, I tell you, if I was a young person, I'd be amongst this lineup, I trust, be selected by my pastor to share the Word of God with us this morning. Let's give them a, a really cool welcome. Pastor Josh, I think he's heading out uh, with the team. But let's give them all a really big welcome today. Pastor Josh, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Stuart. You know, often uh, when it comes to Father's Day, we have these brilliant things called dad jokes. Who loves a good dad joke? And uh, I thought today we'd start off with a mum joke. Are you ready for this? All right. Mum, how come computers are so smart? Because they listen to their motherboards. There you go. There'll be a few more at the 10 o'clock. <laughs> That was so corny. Taylor, Taylor loved that. Yeah. <laughs> but today, uh, we're going to preach with you a message. And before we do that, I know on behalf of everyone who's speaking today, we just really want to honor you, Pastor Stuart and Pastor Jane, and thank you for giving us the privilege to speak today. It, we treat it as a, like an overwhelmingly amazing opportunity to be here today. So thank you so much. And uh, today, the title of the message is this, What Would the World Look Like Without Mothers? And if you've got your Bible, I'd love you to turn with me to the book of John, and we're looking at John chapter 19. And uh, in this particular passage, it talks about uh, three specific people. It talks about a gentleman named Jesus. He's quite cool in the Bible. It talks about Jesus' mother, her name being Mary. And it also talks about another gentleman named John, who was a great friend and a disciple of Jesus. And uh, if we were to look at this passage today, John chapter 19, verse 25 People are turning there in the Gospels. It says this, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Colopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour the disciple took her to his own home. And so right here in the scripture, you've got this moment where Jesus is on the cross, obviously a really painful experience. And uh, Jesus turns 
uh, to his mother and his good friend John and, and says, hey, John, I want you to look after my mother. And Mary, I want, this is now your new son. And it's such a special moment. And today, what can we learn out of this? What can we apply out of the Bible today? I think the first thing is that we need to be sons and daughters who look after our mums. Sons and daughters who look after his mums. Jesus, even at a point of extreme pain, stops on the cross and has a moment to actually go, Mom, I want to make sure that you're looked after. It's pretty special. It's pretty special. And uh, I know as a young person, sometimes it's very easy to get focused. Sometimes it's easy in your own life to go through a moment of pain. But I think if we're going to be Christ-like, we need to have a capacity to make sure that we look after our mums and dads. You know, I remember uh, as a young person growing up, we lived in Brisbane, then moved to the Gold Coast, and then to here. And, uh, but when we lived on the, on the Gold Coast, every single year we used to go on a family holiday down to country Victoria to a little country town named Cobram on the Murray River. And you've got to understand that my dad loves to drive. It's, it's his favorite activity, driving. I here hate driving. Just can we fly there immediately? And uh, every single year we'd hop in the car to go down and see Grandma. And uh, we'd drive all the way there. We'd go to the little country town. And, you know, I think Mum and Dad would always sort of welcomed our Grandma to come and live with us. But Grandma's lived in this little country town her entire life and always wanted to stay there. So every year, Dad would bring us as a family to go down and visit Grandma. And I suppose that when you're young, it's just that's what we're doing. But the older you get, you realize the sacrifice and the priority it took for my dad to take annual leave, to be away from the church, to get us together as a family, to spend whatever thousands of dollars it took to go down and visit grandma. And still to this day, every single Christmas for my whole entire life, we have gone to visit my grandma. And it showed me that dad, even in the priorities of everything that's happened, you make room to care for your mom. And it's really, really inspiring. And to every teenager, to every university student, to every person here today, I want to encourage us again. Let's make sure we look after our mums. One of the ways that we can do that as young people today is just actually listen to what they say and ask us to do. (laughs) And another way that we can do that is we can include them in our lives and not shut them out. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Josh. And I wanted to continue on this passage that Josh has just introduced, and I wanted to sort of look at it from Mary as a mother's angle in this story. This is obviously a very monumental moment in Jesus' life, his crucifixion, and Mary has done everything that she can. She's risked her life to be there for her son, and despite not being able to physically do anything about what's happening, just the fact that she's there for her son shows an amazing side of Mary's character. And we only hear Mary, Mary mentioned a few times in the Bible, but the times that we do hear her mentioned in the Bible, she's often so faithful, so integrous. In fact, she believed in Jesus before anybody else did. She believed in Jesus before he did any miracles, before he did anything special. And knowing the call that, that God had put on Jesus' life as the Savior of the world, she was able to speak encouragement and speak life into that. And I can imagine Jesus on that cross, like Josh said before, he's in immense pain. There's so much he could be thinking about right now. He could be thinking about how much pain is in on that cross physically. He could be thinking about the pain in his heart, the fact that everyone's betrayed him despite what is done for them. But in that moment, he's there. 
And that's not what he's thinking about. He's there looking at his mom and John standing beside each other. And he says, hey, John, you got to look after my mom, man, when I'm gone. And I can imagine that Jesus in this moment doing that, appreciating, honoring his mom would have been so special. And I know he's probably not talking about just looking after her as she's getting old, but can you imagine how traumatized she must be after she's just seen what Jesus has gone through? And I can imagine those few days before they see Jesus resurrect, she really would have needed that support. And Jesus made sure that John was there for her. And in this moment, I just wanted to take a quick second just to appreciate the moms of this house. I know in my own life, besides my own mother, I've had so many other women from this church speak wisdom, speak encouragement, and speak life into me. And it really has affected me. And I just wanted to take that moment to honor and appreciate all you moms out here. And I just wanted to say that on this Mother Day, Mother's Day, I just pray that you would feel so blessed and so honored to be a mother figure in somebody's life today. Thank you. That's so good, Sangai. You know what? I want to I tell you a story about my mom. Because my mom um, inspired me and showed me how to fight for others when they're too weak to fight for themselves. And Mary, even though she couldn't do anything physically for her son, she was still there supporting him through the most painful time in her life, in his life. And so when I was 17, um, you know, I'm, I'm really introvert, and no one would know what's happening here, like especially when I was a teenager. And um, I developed this disease and this um, sickness called eating disorder. And it was really hard because no one knew. And for months and months and months, I was alone in this. And one day, my mom just took me aside and said, Heidi, what's wrong? What's happening? You know? And for the first time, I could tell her what's happening. And I said, Mom, I don't know what to do. I just can't eat anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to eat again. And it's, too, like, it's literally painful because my stomach is, is too small to, to take it all in. You know? And so you would try on your own. I would, I would try on my own to get, to get back. Couldn't help. And then she's like, Heidi, it's so severe that if you're not well in a week, we'll have to go to the hospital. And so it scared me. I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the hospital. And then I was like, but what could I do? And I was feeling so weak at that time. But why, what I didn't know is that my mom, in, her, in the secret, she was praying for me. And so all of a sudden, a morning, I wake up, I go downstairs, and I just have the first breakfast in more than a year. And I just help myself, a little nice plate, and orange juice, I make myself some tea, and like, we're talking brunch, quality, okay, like, the br- <laughs> like a whole breakfast. I'm just eating, and then my mom just goes out of her um, study, which is just close to the kitchen. She looks at me, and she's like, Heidi, you're eating. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> mouthful. I'm like, what? She's like, look at yourself, you're eating. I'm like, oh, oh my, oh, I'm eating. Oh. And it was just, and all of uh, that second, I was healed, and I never had that problem ever again. Amen. And it's, it's the best feeling in the world. And I was like, that was the easiest healing 
in the healing <laughs> in the history of healings. And then a couple of months later, I was t talking to my mom. I was like, Mom, I still don't know to this day what happened. Why that morning? It's like, Heidi, I want to tell you something. That morning, that very specific morning, was after the night I spent praying for you. Yeah. That I wasn't aware of. And so when I got down to eat, downstairs to eat, she was just finished praying. And I was like, it inspired me as an adult and inspired me as a person to fight for others when they're too weak to fight. And so that's not something only moms do, but that's something that we can all do to take over, to fight, to in, uh, intercede, to pray for, and to believe for miracles in the lives of the people we love. Wow, thank you, Pastor Heidi. Aren't we so thankful for praying mothers, praying women in the house of God? Our lives are indebted to their prayers and their faithfulness. For a moment, I want to focus in on the third person of this story, and that is the disciple John. He was one of Jesus' Jesus's closest friends. And in this uh, particular passage, he's the only disciple that we know that followed Jesus all the way to the cross uh, and witnessed the crucifixion. I can imagine that it would have been very painful for John watching his Savior, the one that he knew that true life was in, a sinless man on the cross, nailed to the cross. But as John chose to be faithful and to follow Jesus, Jesus was very deliberate in making a decision to commit his mother Mary into John's hands and his, one of his best friends, John, into the hands uh, to provide for and care for his mother. And it comes, I guess, as a revelation that John had that he was a part of the family of God. He was accepted in the beloved. He was a child and he was faithful to the call of Jesus. So when we make the decision to be faithful to what God has called us to do. He divinely tethers us together. He, he knits us together in love into relationship with one another in the house of God as family. So special. And then on that revelation, John could then act upon the scripture that says to love God and to love one another. You see, there's no greater love than one to lay down your life for a friend. And what John did then was to say, I'm going to care for this woman as if she was my own mother. She didn't uh, birth me. She didn't bring me into this earth, but I'm going to care for her, provide for her, look after her, put a roof over her head from that moment forth um, until her passing. And it's the call that Christ has for each and every one of us to love God and to love people. So I want to encourage you to love one another. The Holy Spirit will speak to you about particular people. They may be sitting next to you in this church. They may be someone that you meet in the cafe or that walks through the front doors. But we are all called to love one another as Christ loved us. In that moment, John laid his life down at the foot of the cross. And he picked up the call, the cause of Christ, to love one another. So please pray. God, who am I called to love in this season, in this moment? As a daughter, as a son, as a mother, as a father, as a grandparent, we are called to one, love one another in the cause of Christ. It's, it's the kingdom in action. Bearing with one another, believing with one another, praying for one another, 
providing for one another. It's so special. And the fruit of your obedience in taking up the call of Christ to love one another is phenomenal. It's life-changing, and it's amazing. And I'm so thankful for every mother, uh, for every father, for everyone who's taken up that call to love one another. So let's take up that call as well. Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. That was so good. That's so true. John, it says in that verse that from that hour, from that hour, from then on, he straight away made a commitment to love Mary. He straight away made a commitment so that Mary's life would be changed forever. And someone's life can be radically changed when someone's committed to you, right? When they believe in you, they pray for you, they cheer you on, they're for you. And sometimes they gently correct you as well when you need it, you know. <laughs> Those are faithful people in our lives. And I know that I'm on the receiving end of such faithfulness and such commitment. Because when I was five years old, both of my parents, they were very sick and they passed away. But before they did, they thought, well, I've got a daughter. We've got a child. We've got a young girl. And their question was, who's going to take care of her when we're gone? Who's going to be cheering her on and be committed to her as well when we're not here? And so before they passed away, they made a list of all the people that they thought could take care of me. And they went through the list. They went through my father's family, my mother's family. And they thought, thank you. <laughs> Pastor Stewart knows me well. <laughs> and they thought, well, we've got wonderful, loving families. Families who will give her a future, will give her a home, will love her and encourage her. But they thought... Our families are missing something. They don't know the goodness of God in their lives yet. They don't know the Father. They don't have the hope for a future. And my parents wanted me to be brought up in a home where I would know God and His goodness and His faithfulness. How wise my parents were. <laughs> and so they went through the list and they asked their, their senior pastor and the pastor's wife to take care of me. And so God took a man and a woman and a child who needed a family, and he put them together and knit them together, and that was how God was so faithful to me. And that was only the first step, because that was like knitting of one family, but then he placed us in a beautiful, bigger family, the family of God. And you know, I have never felt unloved or uncared for. I never felt like I didn't have Lots of moms and aunties and grandmas around me and, and brothers and sisters, even though I'm an only child. I was so, so blessed because God has called us all to be family. Yeah. <laughs> I often um, say to Julie when she cries, if Jesus misses any of your tears, I have a bottle and I'll keep them because they're so precious. <laughs> well, these young people are outstanding, aren't they? And uh, Julie and um, Josh and Heidi are all pastor's children. Um, and that's a good look, don't you think? They haven't had an easy life always, I know that. But look at the quality in their lives. Look at the genuineness in their hearts. And uh, Tongai and Taylor. Taylor's a daughter of this house. She gave her life to the Lord in this community when she was 15, 14. 
Uh, I remember her standing there with little pigtails bopping around in youth. And look at her now. What a magnificent young woman. And uh, Tongai, what a magnificent young man, becoming a great preacher and uh, has been faithful. I think we've stopped counting how many services you've drummed, faithfully drummed at. But, uh, and all from really good families. Everyone, how God has provided in family, fantastic training and upbringing for them. And then you are also their extended family. So they are learning and flourishing and growing from being a part of your lives. And I think we're all flourishing from being a part of their lives, quite frankly, aren't we? Isn't it wonderful? So uh, I wanted to really focus on Mary because uh, I'm very aware that God himself has put a special part of his heart in women. Whether you ever um, have the privilege of having your own child, whether you raise other people's children, whatever form of mothering comes your way in life, no matter how many children you have or whether you have one, whether you've raised a child and, like Mary, seen that child pass away, there's so much joy and so much pain in being a mother. Yes? And most of us experience all of it along the way. It's the heights and the depth of humanity in such a profound way. And so I think that is why it's so significant to celebrate Mother's Day every year. Because I believe that God has put his heart within a young woman to nurture, to breed resilience. Look at the resilience in these young people. They've got a fantastic bounce-back capacity. It's been bred into their lives. God has put it in the heart of a woman to teach others how to forgive, how to grieve well, and how to get back up in life and overcome the pain and move on. Because Mary had another son to mentor, didn't she? At the cross, she took on another son. And she cheered him on because I tell you what, he was part of a new family in Christ that was about to change the world and he needed a jolly good mother who was going to teach him resilience, strength, conviction to hold true to the call of God on his life. So she had quite a journey ahead of her yet. And within every one of us as women, we have the capacity to having grieved well, we all get together as women, we do grieve, we take the time to grieve, don't we? And it's a good thing to do so we can recover. And I think for most women and most of the mature women in our community, one of the things, whether you've realized you do it or not, is we overcome because in our hearts as mother, we want to make sure that the future looks good. You can overcome. You can overcome things because all of those around you are looking on to you to see how do you get through? How do you find a way? How do you get back up, dust off and live life fully and richly? No matter what the pain, no matter what the joy. And I think that is the heart of God within us to overcome. And we do find a way. And it's so important that we find that way through. And as women, whether you've had a child or not, whether you've had 50 children, whether you've got 40 great-grandchildren, still you have the heart of God in you to mother, to nurture and to teach resilience and show the way forward no matter what comes your way in life. And all the women said? Yes. Amen. So this morning I would love us to stand. And I would love you to just embrace 
as we stand together, the mothers around you, maybe if you're here with your mum today, you can put, come on Josh, come up here and stand beside me. (laughs) You can put your arm around your mum or someone else's mum. Who doesn't have a mum here today? (laughs) Rob, you don't, go on, go and find one. (laughs) Go find a mum. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Go and stand with with someone's mum. There's plenty there. That's it. That's it. We are all mothering someone as women. Whether you realize it or not, God has put it in you to do that. And so like Mary, who ex- the greatest example of the greatest joy and the greatest pain, <laughs> we become strong and we stand to make the future look good for all of those who are around us. And so I'd love you to pray and embrace the joys and embrace the pains of what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mother. And let's just repeat this prayer after me if you would allow me to. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, who is all joy and suffered all pain. So as a woman, I can understand your heart. Heavenly Father, help me to be strong, to be wise, to be glorious for your praise and to give generations to come hope and future and purpose. Amen. Father, thank you for uh, all of the women in this community. Thank you for the glorious work you're doing in their hearts and in their lives. Thank you for taking us all from strength to strength. Thank you, Father, that we armor ourselves with love. We armor ourselves with kindness and with purpose. Thank you, Father, we equip ourselves with the capacity to forgive and to continue on and, as Heidi said, to pray and to press through for every situation around our lives. Lord, we want to cheer on our sons and cheer on our daughters like there's no tomorrow. Thank you for this household of faith, Freshwater Church. Thank you for everyone who is a part of this community for a phenomenal blessing and increase of maturity and vibrancy in all of our lives. Father, we love you and we worship you today in Jesus' name. Amen.